I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Obviously, the goals have been hard to come by, and everybody's got an opinion on on what is going on, finishing, um, getting into the final third in, in dangerous spots. And you always preach just the overall um, kind of uh, energy of the team and all that and being focused on the details. How, how do you how do you look at what's gone on and kind of assess, you know, it's partly this problem, it's partly that problem. How do you how do you pull it apart and and then put it together and fix it? Yeah, so I, I think every every game presents its unique challenges as to how to score goals. Um, so just looking at the Portland game, you know, we we found ourselves in what I remember to be three really good opportunities, two with Chang uh, inside the six, and then Pablo probably eight yards out, and and we didn't capitalize in those moments. Um, now we got the ball in some really great spots where you would think nine times out of ten we're going to score one of those goals. Then you go to the L.A. game, uh, in particular the first half, where, I, again, we got some some really good, uh, probably four or five good opportunities in the first half um, where we broke the corner. Um, and it is either the, the, the final ball or it was a lack of dynamic running in, in the box. Or it was uh, there was a play where we passed the ball inside the box, I think, three or four times and no one took a shot. So I think it's really about um, – and then in Nashville – I think there was three or four half opportunities. And, and again, I think it was either the decision in the cross. Um, do we force it when we get to that point, to, to that area of the field, because we haven't been there a whole lot. So now we're just jamming across numbers down in the box as opposed to rotating. So really the last, uh, you know, today and tomorrow, uh, today was, that was a focus. It was, it was the, you know, the final, the mid third, the final third and how we progress the ball and more importantly, the decisions that we take um, once we get to those those areas. And and again, in training it, today, it was really good. It was really bright, and the guys created some fantastic opportunities on goal. Scored quite a few of them. Um, but then it's in the games, you know. And I think that's uh, you got to have ice in your veins uh, to 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 really slow the game down when it's going 100 miles an hour, or you feel like it's going 100 miles an hour, um, and 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 be poised. So. We've, what we've been working on is is, is helping with the decision making, um, training that area of the field, and uh, you know I think the last part is the execution, and that only happens in real time. So, you know I I also believe in football that you know once you score one, um, it starts to create a belief of being able to score more, and so that's our challenge, uh, you know, uh, for this weekend and, and moving forward for sure. You've been really uh, complimentary of how important Demir is to the team, not just. Um tactically but you know emotionally how much does this lull in scoring because you know Demir's been out yeah um it's it's uh, I, I think it's a big part of it you know the last time um we scored an open play he was he was a feature in that scored a goal um and and really again for as much as we talk about build the, the, the build up and progressing ball through the middle third um what Dami really helps us with is triggering presses higher up the field to win the ball higher up the field 
like we did in Toronto and like we did in New York City where we had three or four good chances uh, in the first half um, that were created from pressing opportunities higher up the field. And, and so it's not always going to be from a build-up play. It's it, In the past, it's always been our ability to transition from defending to attack, and Dami's the catalyst in everything we do up there. Um, so not having him is really a void that's felt on, on both sides of the ball. And so just trying to figure out combinations, um, again, trying to get Serge uh, back in with the group. Um, so there's so many variables at play, and it's been such a bizarre start to a year given all the different circumstances that we've been through it's been hard to solidify a group and build that chemistry especially from an attacking perspective without Dami on the field Brody has <clears throat> Brody has his contract extension uh, what does he bring to the group and and why is it important to have him uh, signed up for a few more years well I think uh, Brody represents the type of first the type of character and person um, that we want at the club which is you know he puts the team first um, along with working every day to become a better soccer player. Um, and his progression in the last few years has been remarkable and is, is, is a testament to the academy system we have here, the monarch system that we have here, um, and all the coaches from the academy through Alave and his staff uh, to our group. And I think he's a great representation of uh, the possibility of these young players that can reach the first team and not just reach it and be, um, you know, a token player, but come in and be a difference maker as he was last year in the playoffs. And, and also having the um, growth mindset to not just say I, I'm a right back, but that I'll play wherever needed and I'll learn whatever um, tactical aspects of that position are needed to play in that position. And I think so um, I couldn't be happier with, with, you know, having him along for the, uh, for the long haul and being a part of, of, you know, what we're trying to build and, um, he's an exemplary person, teammate, and, and soccer player. Thanks, Pablo. Ethan, we'll move on to you. Your line's open. Pablo, thanks for your time today. Um, uh, my question, or I guess the first question I have is, is kind of on David Ochoa's um, injury situation right now. Um, obviously, McMath's been playing great in his stead, um, but with, with David Ochoa, we haven't seen him for at least a little bit now, did he suffer a, a setback from his original injury or is this a new injury he's dealing with? And do you have a timetable on kind of when we might see him again? Yeah. Well, again, I think, um, yeah. So to answer your question, yes, as he was coming back, he had, um, dislocated his finger. Um, and that took some time and there's, uh, along with that, you know, he's, he's, dealt with uh as of late some 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 stuff off the field um that he's been attending to um so i think the, the most important thing is is to make sure david gets back to a place uh both mentally and, and physically that he's he's ready to uh you know step on the field and contribute at 100 you know i think the other part with that is you know the goalkeeper position is probably one of the hardest positions um in that um you can't play any other position so it's as, as you rightly mentioned, you know, Zach's been playing great. Um, and so now it's, it's just about um, Ochoa getting to the level uh, that, that um, where he's playing fantastic, feels really good about his game. And then, you know, obviously like everyone else waiting for an opportunity to step in um, when called upon. So he's making really good strides in, in that direction. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no predictor of the future, but 
the focus for us is making sure that uh, he gets back to that place where he's he's playing at his best. And um, last year when when RSO was facing Austin, I remember you pointed out to us um, that the Alexander ring was going to be a key, a key player to kind of lock in on, shut down so that you guys could get a result last year. But this year, Austin sits second in the West. They've added a lot of attacking options, including Maxi or Rudy, who at times has kind of hurt the team. Is is Alexander Ring still going to be, I guess, a guy that you the team's really going to focus in on, or are you going to focus more on on playing defense and shutting down these these attacking options that Austin has? Uh, ideally, from our perspective, is that we do a good job when we don't have the ball defensively, but we also um, are brave in the attack and can create um, opportunities when we do have the ball. So I think that's the the general perspective as as to how we're going to approach this game is is to not just focus in on what they have, but to really showcase the the the, the quality that we have in our group as well. Um, you know, I think with their team, it's it's really really hard to focus in on one player. I, I think they have exceptional players in the midfield with Pereira, Ring, um, Derusi, and then Aruti. Finley and and we don't know as to Dominguez's um, you know what his role will be at the weekend um, and, and Fagundes. So you can't focus in on any one player when when they have the, the type of quality they have in the midfield and in the attack. They're they're a team that really like to exploit um, teams that press out and and really let the dominoes fall one by one. And they do a really good job of breaking down teams that again press higher up, in particular press their goalkeeper. So just being cognizant of that, we want to get pressure on the ball, but we want to do it in, a, in, in an intelligent way to where not, we're not putting ourselves in, in, in a foot race with these guys um, who really pride themselves on the open space and big switches uh, to create isolations in the wide areas and, and really attack both centrally and, and through their, you know, through their width. So I, I think for us, it's going to be really a complete performance on both sides of the ball. And if we expect to win it, um, just with defense or, you know, or just throwing everything at, at it from an f- attacking perspective, uh, I think we'll be caught in a, in a race that we won't want to be a part of. I think for us, it's continuing to do the type of defensive work that we've been doing, but also, like I said earlier, showcasing, uh, you know, the, the talent that we have in our group and creating chances and scoring goals. All right, we'll move on to Caleb Turner. Caleb, your line's open. Yeah, going back to uh, goalkeeper real quick, um, Zach McMath leads the league currently with 47 saves. What do you think has contributed to that? And do you think that he has earned the opportunity to uh, potentially be the starter for you guys going forward the rest of the season? Um, well, I think, you know, I think a big part of the the, the saves that he makes, he's, he's a really good organizer and communicator. And I think when you can communicate and organize the group in front of you, it makes the predictability of the shot better as a goalkeeper. You know where the shot's coming from if you're putting people in positions uh, in front of you. And therefore, um, I think he has a really good idea as to where that ball is going to go when it's left the foot of the attacker. And so um, that that is one of his strengths. I think the other things, the other thing that's been helping is the guys in front of him have doing a really good job of, of putting good pressure on the ball. Um, and so whilst we might be giving up a lot of shots, the quality of the shots that we've given up uh, haven't been that great. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a combination of both um, Zach's communication and, and organization and, and the work that's being done in front of him. 
And uh, just on, on, the, on the second question, do you think he's earned the opportunity to be the starter for you guys this season? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, again, you know, a lot of times we, we think about, you know, big picture things and, and, you know, for us, it's really game by game. Um, and he's, he's definitely earned the right to be a starter. I, I think he single-handedly has kept us in uh, majority of games that we've played this year um, and, and has brought a lot of confidence to the back line. And so I think the confidence that the team shows defending um, is, I think starts, starts with Zach and, and his, his ability to communicate and release pressure and the comfort knowing that if the ball goes up on a cross that he's going to come out and, and, and do well with it. Um, which allows the other guys to to do their job. And so um, I think he's definitely put himself in a position, you know, in the short term, long term to, to be a starter for this team. And then lastly, looking forward to this weekend, um, you guys are still undefeated at home. What's, what's it going to take uh, to, you know, hopefully get a shutout and, you know, keep that streak going here at home? Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be, it's going to take a complete performance. I, I think um, much like LA, um, this is a team that haven't given up a lot of goals um, and they've been prolific in front of goal. And so when you run up against teams like this, it's really a, a battle of, of mindset and, and making sure that uh, you're dialed in on every play, whether it's a throw in, they play it quick, whether it's a set piece, they play it quick. They got some really um, evolved players on the attacking end and any lapse defending will, you know, will cost you. And I think defensively, um, we got to be one step ahead and, and be and be one step ahead of their defenders uh, because as a team, they press really well and they, they defend really well. And so for us, much like the LA game, it's going to take 100% focus and um, staying uh, tuned in for every play. All right, perfect. We'll move on to Joseph. Uh, Joseph, your line's open. Hey, Pablo. Uh, I had a question about the, uh, I guess, the formation of the team um, and how they, I guess, line up when they go onto the field. I noticed just watching over the course of the season, we started off in a three in the back, then we switched to a four in the back and haven't really gone back since with, it makes a lot of sense because of injuries to center backs and limited center back availability. Uh, but now that you have more center backs back, uh, do you see it as more of a possibility again to go back to a back three or are we looking at a, Commit, uh, at a commitment to a back four going forward? Well, I think the way, uh, as you rightly pointed out, Joseph, I, I think it has a lot to do with the uh, player availability. Uh, obviously, we've been going through a tough time with center backs as of late. Um, the, the thing with a three when you play with three center backs is essentially um, you're taking a player from an attacking position and you're putting them in the middle of, of, of the defense, right? So you're, if you're playing a four, two, three, one, you're taking your 10 and you're putting them in the back. Um, and so I think having the flexibility to go to a three, depending on the opponent, depending on player availability is important. You know, uh, last couple of games, uh, we've been building out in a three, but using Aaron Herrera as, as the right-sided central defender and Brody a little bit higher, which allows Justin to come inside a little bit more uh, to be more effective. So I, I think there's, you know, I think because of our level of comfort in a three and a four, it allows for us to tweak things up whilst we can still defend in a four, we can build out in a three and it allows us to have more attacking players in the attacking part of the field. Uh, and then could you just also just talk about Anderson Julio's incorporation with the group and how he's been looking. Uh, we saw him play a little bit on, on Sunday, but just since then how he's been looking in practice. Yeah. So again, Julio flew in literally two days before that game. 
Um, so, um, you know, my thoughts were um, to get him in with the group as, as quickly as possible. Again, given the fact that we haven't had, uh, you know, natural wingers to sub in um, in, in, in recent games. And it, is, it was great to at least have that option. Um, since then, every training session that uh, he takes part in, he beca- he's, he's sharper. Today, he was, he was really bright. And uh, again, it's great to see, um, you know, Anderson with his pace and his, his commitment to really take players on 1v1 and what that does to open up spaces for everyone else. Um, and so, again, looking forward to getting him more minutes as, as we go, but doing so in a way that we won't jeopardize him get, be, you know, getting injured. Uh, that's the last thing we want, but uh, you know, I can't, I I'm, I'm ecstatic for him. I'm ecstatic for our group to have a player like Anderson joining us and continue to improve with every session. All right. And we'll finish off the session with Dana. Dana, your line's open. Hey Pablo, I just want to get maybe an update on uh, how close uh, Chris Cablon is to, I know he was available. He was available on Sunday, but didn't see action. How close is he? And then is there an update on Demir? How far out he'll be uh, before he can rejoin the group? Yeah. So Chris um, came in and uh, from, you know, the results of his fitness test basically uh, weren't the best, meaning that he hasn't been training with the team. He's been doing a lot of work on his own and that's always really tricky, um, especially when you talk about the emotional exertion in games and uh, what that might do from a physical perspective. You know, running on your own is one thing, but actually sprinting with somebody chasing you from behind and coming at you from the front is a holy, is a totally different beast. Um, so the thought was to bring him with us, uh, make sure he understands like what it is like to travel in this league, what he can expect, what, what a game day looks like. Um, you know, and so his, his fitness is getting better. Um, you know, we're tossing around different ideas as to how to, how to, what, what the fastest way to get him acclimatized uh, to this league whilst improving his fitness. Um, and again, without jeopardizing, um, you know, him in any way to, to get injured. Uh, he's making great progress. And, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see how we go for the weekend as far as his availability for the game. Um, are there different options that we can uh, pursue to get him some, some minutes? Um, but again, he's trending in a great direction. He had a great training session today and continues to improve with everyone. As far as Demir, um, that's been the toughest one, I think, for all of us. I, I think when you, when you in, in particular, Demir, um, I, I, anytime you have a, a back injury, you, there's always nerve implications. And basically what we're waiting for is that to calm down in a way that he can start actually running on the field, you know, so he hasn't run now for two and a half weeks um, as he tries to, you know, let the back calm down and the spasm settle. Um, he had a procedure done the other day um, and we're still in that time frame where we're allowing that to set in before making any decisions moving forward. So it's been a, a, a you know, it's, it's been tough for him. It's been tough for us, um, tough for his teammates. Um, but, but again, there's, there's, there's things we can control and there's things we cannot. And unfortunately in this case, uh, we have to let, uh, the healing do his thing. And unfortunately that takes time. 